Hey. Hi, this is Pamela the Ghost, and we have Shimmer Johnson on the line. Hi, everybody. So, yeah, this is recorded. It will be published live. So, um, no worries. But, um, yeah, I was looking at your biography on um, Spotify. Yes. And I was, like, listening to a lot of your um, your tunes there. And I, I really like um, the Don't Break Me um, collection. We had multiple versions of that song. Yes, for sure. I had uh, worked with uh, John Fitzgerald and his team of people. And he approached me, actually. He, he loved the original Don't, my, uh, Don't Break Me song. So basically asked if he could remix it. And originally, I thought he was only going to remix like one one or, you know, one or two mm. versions of it, but he ended up doing a ton of versions for it. So we just decided to release it as a, as an album. Yeah. So it's like seven songs on the remix album. Yeah. Yeah. The they... original and then six remixes. Yeah. I, I like the original, but the remixes are really cool because then you get to hear it, you know, like an EDM version. Yeah. You know, like, you know, I'm a synth guy, so I, I like hearing the electronic, like your pads on, on the... The kind of synth. Yeah, my favorite out of all of those is the uh, the Nihility remix one. Yeah, that's I really like that one. The dubstep one's good. The Terranaut yeah. one I kind of like too, but you know. That one's good too. They're all good. They're yeah. all different. Too. Yeah, they're it's, all different. Nice. That's what's cool about it. So, um, what I like to do is just get into your, your background and like how did you get into music? You know, what What are your primary instruments? Um, you know, a lot of people are vocalists, so that's their primary instrument. But um, in terms of like a musician, do you play other instruments? So maybe we get to your history of getting into music. And um, Yeah, right now I, I'm mainly a vocalist and a lyricist. I can play very limited piano, but I play good enough to write in the recording studio. Okay. And then my husband just replays everything because he's gone to college for yeah. piano. So he just... He's like, oh, you're trying to play this. <laughs> replay it for me. I actually played um, Don't Break Me. That's me playing piano. So that's about as good as I can play. <laughs> Boy, I, that's, that's very good. I mean, sometimes the honesty of, of a singer-songwriter actually playing piano, it might not be like classically trained. It might not be a studio musician, but the honesty that you get, you know, it kind of goes back to like Dylan. Dylan might not be like the best guitar player, but when he plays guitar and sings his own music there's like an authenticity to that that i appreciate exactly yeah and yeah know that so pretty much i play piano by ear so i have no clue what i'm playing but i can mm-hmm. play good enough to write well, that's, um, that's 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 a good way of doing it sometimes you don't have to you know if you ask a lot of the blues guys they don't they don't know how to read <laughs> yeah me neither no clue <laughs> you know so i mean that doesn't mean that you can't be a great musician <laughs> Well, and I've been I've been singing since I was a little kid. So um, my dad was in a country band when I was little, and we used to like every Saturday and Sunday, our little our family would just get together and just sing covers of country music. And so I grew up with mainly country. My dad's American, my mom's Canadian. So um, when when did you decide that you were doing covers? When did you decide that you actually could be a, a songwriter and you could actually, you know, write your own songs? Uh, I wrote my first song when I was about 21. I had met my husband, actually. Um, we had met and wasn't my husband at the time. He was just some guy that came to my karaoke show. I used to host karaoke for mm-hmm. Mr. Entertainment. 
And he came to my karaoke show because I did this. Uh, it was back when MSN still allowed you to mass text people's emails. Oh. And uh, and I had a new show, so I, I had spent three hours messaging about 750 people to come to my karaoke show. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the only person that showed up was my friend Julie. <laughs> That's now my friend. I've been friends with her for years. And, uh, and my husband, Corey, which is my co-writer slash husband and um and he showed up and invited me back to his recording studio at two o'clock in the morning and i told him he was nuts and there was no way i was going back to his per se recording studio (laughs) (laughs) at two in the morning so i said i would call him the next day he he said to me to this day you didn't think i would even call him back the next day because he because yeah i thought he was weird and then (laughs) Yeah, and then uh, we I ended up calling him the next day, and then we wrote our first song, Waiting. It's actually, I've never ever released Waiting, but it's it's as good as Don't Break Me, and it was one of my first songs. So th- I'm, I... eventually I'm going to like redo it and start releasing a lot of my older stuff that I wrote that I, I have 300 plus songs that I've written over the last like 12 years, so. Wow. Yeah, I, I can appreciate that. I'm 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 a singer songwriter myself, but and I've got like a lot of stuff in the can. Cause I'm 51 and I've been writing since I was 17. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So you can imagine how much I got. But um, uh, yeah. I mean, I appreciate the amount of work that singer songwriters do. And it looks like you says on your on your profile you're working on a 2019 album. Yes, I am doing a full album with the guitarist that used to play in the 80s band Cinderella as well as he played in Wasted in the Aussie, the big famous Aussie tour. Cool. He was in that, Barry Benedetta. So we have been working on an album for the last, I would say, four and a half months. And we've written 23 songs in four months. Wow. <laughs> so he's going to put that kind of like, that kind of the music he was associated with type of guitar sounds on the album or are you doing something different doing something totally different this is like a rock project so it's kind of like um kind of like don't break me but with like harder harder guitars guitars, in it. Harder kind of ed- like uh kind of like an evanescence meets oh, oh okay yeah i can get that yeah so it's like a pop rock so a little bit of heavy, and... <laughs> heavy metal but it's got that evanescence kind of like uh, gothic goth low thing Does it have yeah like a gothic? it's like a heavy metal but goth with the uh, with a soft tori amos type vocals over top but yeah because yeah. tori amos yeah you kind of channel that with the, your authenticity and your honesty yeah. in your songs yeah right i well, always appreciate one, that that's, like <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my influences so tori amos and that's what yeah. i ended up listening to I, it was kate bush and tori amos and lots of country well, bush, tanya yeah. tucker and yeah. stuff yeah, Kate Bush. I loved her work with uh, that the, the duet she did with uh, Peter Gabriel. Yeah, and then I've done. Uh, I used to listen to like um, Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston, Celine Dion. So um, when oh, I yeah. was Classic. young, when I was young, I wanted to be able to hold the note for thirty three seconds, like Mariah Carey did, and without you. And so uh, like the, octave, the five octave range voice. I have a five <laughs> octave range actually, but. Yeah. Oh, you do. Do do you sing really low, really high? Are you are you gonna implement a lot of that on the new album? Are you gonna? Oh yeah, the new album, but it's like full voice rock stuff, so (laughs) it's a lot different. 
I'm I'm also doing um, a lot of songwriting with a whole bunch of uh, different billboard writers in LA right now as well. So cool. I'm also going on the publishing songwriting route as well. Um, well, that's a good that's a good way to go because you end up being you know if you go back to like uh, you know the classic singer songwriters back in the day, uh, you know, I think you know like Tim Pan Alley and he had all these writers, yeah, you know, Carol Carol King and. You know, they they were all you know writing, and then they became, you know, yep. singer songwriter age in the seventies. You know, it, it seems like it might be kind of turning back around where people are are appreciating albums again because there's been this period where it's just nothing but singles. Yes, uh, I know. But I'm kind of been a, a child of the seventies, and I appreciate singer songwriters. The people would like to craft an album. You know, exactly, and that's what I'm pretty much doing with Barry. We're doing. We have a full rock album. It's actually being mixed and mastered right now. It should be done here in the next two weeks. And then uh, we're actually doing a short little mini tour in May um, from Georgia to New York. <laughs> and then right, we cool. come and then we take a week and a half off and then we come back to Canada and do a, a week from Edmonton, Alberta to Vancouver. So, and that'll so be you, for the, all the rock stuff that the ro- progressive rock. So are you totally India or you're on a label? I am indie right now, no label. So when you do the tour, do you get backers or you're self-funding or how how do you? Right uh, now, I'm pretty much self-funding. I have a a full production company here in Canada, so I usually just pull a little bit of money from that. Plus, I have all the stuff for touring, so I don't really have to pay for anything. So it doesn't cost me a lot to go on the road and tour whenever I really want to, other than hotels and stuff, right? So. That's a, that's cool. Yeah, it's a lot of bands today, or even the big bands like Wilco, you know, Radiohead. They, they left their labels and kind of run it themselves. It seems to be a trend. Yeah, like uh, what I'm going to end up looking for is kind of uh, an indie label that has a little bit of funding for for touring, and yeah, and then maybe try to get on some uh, major label distribution because that's how you get on the radios nowadays. You have to have major label distribution yeah. for it to happen right so yeah yeah i just i just was able to sign with two labels for distribution marketing yeah record I'm deals going. just don't exist right now and yeah, yeah today's age to yeah I, I mean i was it took me 30 years to finally get a, somebody to distribute my work <laughs> <laughs> but but i finally did it but uh it took a while but um yeah it's just a, it's just a different world than it was back even when i was you know a kid in the 70s exactly uh, so so do you find that that the way spot I mean, spotify is kind of it's great and, and all the streaming services it doesn't are, pay very well yeah they don't pay i mean it's like i have like a, a half a million streams on my on my seven ten songs <laughs> and i got can't. paid twenty one hundred dollars <laughs> Yeah, you can't live on that. It's not. It's not like. No. <laughs> even, it's not like even when they were ninety nine cents. You know, nine people doing downloads and you got eighty cents. You know, if you could get the eighty cents, you'd be making some money. Yeah, then it makes sense. But but, but when you're getting like. But when you're making point zero 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 nine. Of a penny, you know. Of a penny, then yeah, basically. I like I said, have a half a million streams on my songs. And I made two grand. <laughs> well, it seems like it, like the bigger artists, not to get into the politics, but they get a, a larger piece of everybody's subscription. Yes, they do. And so, yeah, and so that's kind of maybe 
not as fair to songwriters. And I know there's a lot of songwriters who've been really frustrated with the streaming services and trying to figure out to find a more equitable way. Well, eventually what I think is going to happen is all of us songwriters are just going to have to, you know, even even the big famous ones are just going to have to say no to the streaming services and just stop putting music up on them. And yeah, eventually the, um, they'll have the to go people... back to vinyl or CDs or MP3 sticks or whatever, right? Because, and lots yeah, of people yeah. like to have like vinyl, yeah, actual something to hold that they bought instead of paying $20 and it being in La La Land somewhere. Well, I noticed today that, you know, vinyl is a really good deal for an indie band. You make a lot of profit on vinyl. You don't have to have a big run. Yeah. And if you show up on your tour with the vinyl, you can make pretty good money. Yeah, um, that's what I think I'm going to, I want, I'm not going to be doing it for this tour. I'm just going to bring CDs, but, mm-hmm. um, cause it's just, yeah, it's hard. We're, we're at the last stage of the mixing and mastering of the rock album, right? So not a lot of time to send it out and get vinyls so but vinyls are limited in, in the length you know if you have an album that's a certain length vinyl can only go like 45 minutes yeah you can't do 70 minute records with vinyl so so you kind of have to reconfigure or you end up having a double but then then that's where you make your money <laughs> yep. your vinyl people will buy them for 30 40 dollars exactly know? and and if you sign them and if you have good art on them it's a good experience and i remember growing up with the vinyl it's like you you would one of the benefits of vinyl i think if you're a musician yeah is that your audience will actually listen to your whole project exactly which is what you want them to do if you're writing if you're a singer songwriter and you're writing in an album format yeah you you want them to listen to the whole album that's kind of why i'm releasing a full album for the progressive rock stuff so yeah, that's why. And I found actually something that's going on lately it, it also is the tape cassette from the from the early 80s, 90s, before, you know, CDs. Yeah. Tape cassettes are actually coming back. Really? Oh my yeah. God. P- people, people are releasing albums and it's actually very cost effective to actually print your album on cassette. Yeah. And have a physical cassette to give to somebody. It's not as expensive as CD. And that's a true. lot of kids are, are getting retro and getting like old Walkmans from like pawn shops and those sony walkmans don't die <laughs> <laughs> it's true so so there's actually a, a, a pretty good audience for that and That's i even saw a company doing reel to reel like old like there's a company in russia that actually makes real to real albums on re- old reels yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's... it's a pretty cool format because you get this big box and it has the ability to throw a lot of cool art into it <laughs> yeah i just uh so other than the progressive rock thing i'm doing with barry benedetta um i also have like a full album adult contemporary pop stuff that's on the same lines of don't as don't break me so i will be releasing that over the next year here i just want to pick the right time because i want to give the progressive rock album a a chance to to make make it it, yeah yeah and then i'll I'll put that one out a little bit later. The adult so more reactive, closer to the end of the year, you'll put the other album out? Pardon? Closer to the end of the year, you'll put the, the uh, second record that you were just talking about. Yeah, the adult yep. contemporary one. And what's nice is the, the rock stuff that I wrote with Barry, um, we have like a heavier, it's almost like a heavy metal, it's almost like a heavy metal progressive yeah, it sounds like it. Vocal, it's yeah, very, we... it's different. It doesn't sound like anything out there, actually. And we got that album, and we also 
wants to write like a very album at the same time so we're probably going to release the heavier stuff first and mm-hmm. then um release the uh the second album like about six months after the popier the popier album that we wrote at the same time because we were trying to find our sound when we first started so you're thinking so we for were... a live for the live setting do you think the harder edged album is um gonna yeah. appeal to audiences yeah. Yeah, I think for the live stuff, the heavier stuff will work a little bit better. That's why we're doing, um, because the album's called Shadows, which will be all my heavier rock stuff. So it'll have Shadows on there as well as Echo. We have another one called My Reflection that's going to be on a web series um, as well. And so we're just starting to get a lot of feedback and we're starting to get lots of interest from uh, A&Rs in LA and such so we're just kind of playing it out to see what they can do for us and so forth and kind of go from there So you use like A&R like booking agents to get into places? Um, no you you can get a I, you'd need a manager to get into places but no the A&Rs help you find the uh, the indie labels and they help you pretty much get on tours and stuff and A&R's technically, um, they just hook you up with the right people. Okay, so, so they get you to the, to the booking people on the tours and then you to get on the tours? Yeah, A&R's are different. Like before, when you got scouted out by an A&R, you were getting possibly a record deal, but it doesn't work that way anymore, right? So yeah. A&R's still exist, but they're more, they find the talent, and then they hook you up with the right manager and the right whatever to get you you know, on radios and on tours and that sort of thing. And then uh, you work out a, a cut for your A&R or whichever one that you decide to, that you're going with, right? So, and right yeah. now I don't have anybody. I'm I'm just independent. You're running independent. So when you do your shows, do you, you book them like directly? Yeah, right now I am. Like I have hey. a um, 80s show that I'm, it's an 80s party. I do it every year. And hmm. uh I'll probably be performing at that with Barry. I have to get it completely organized first, but that's one possible show. But like I said, we're going to be on tour from May 5th to the 11th from Georgia to New York. And then May 27th to June 3rd, we're in Canada for like a short little mini tour for um, it's called rise up TV. It's, it's a, it's a show about touring and we got invited to come and do it, but the only thing is we have to fund it ourselves. So we have to pay for our plane tickets to get there, and we have to pay for our hotels and all that. But yeah, but they're setting up all the venues, and you know it'll be oh, cool. cool. Oh, so the show is actually acting like you're booking it. Yeah, that's cool. That's that's a different way of doing. It. I was wondering how how you could do that. So you got you got that organization to do that for you. Yeah, and then and then we're we can sell merchandise and stuff if we want to, and and I'm probably just gonna bring some CDs up and maybe get some shirts printed up or whatever for the show for the week, because we're mm-hmm. not touring very long, so we don't need a lot of merchandise. But have you found that venues want to cut your merch? Um, some do, some don't. Most don't though. Yeah, most want... of them are pretty cool when they don't, but lately I've been seeing a trend 
Oh, really? Yeah, where some of them are trying to get like 30%. We're like, what? Yeah, right. They didn't make the (laughs) merch. What are you you doing? I'd be like, "Ah, I'm not going to be playing there then. Yeah, you're like, what are you trying to do? You shouldn't be touching my... Not unless they're they're forking in some money for the merchandise. <laughs> yeah, like like what do you think you're doing? Like, cause they I, can take I a cut of the door because it's their place, yeah. but no. Yeah. Not. Why are you touching my merch? <laughs> <laughs> not my merch. Don't touch the merch because like the merch know, is the have... only thing that really bands make their money off of when they are touring. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. There's the no way. <laughs> there's no way in hell <laughs> I'd be giving away any of my merch money. That yeah, pays for they're... the tour, pretty much. Yeah, because the clubs, I mean, they try to undercut you on the count and stuff, you know. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's 400 people in here. And then there's like, they always oh, 320. And like, oh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it's just hard being a working musician because you got all the pitfalls of, you know, all the things you got to pay ahead of, you know, you got to pay for your hotels and pay for your travel and you're trying to exactly. get yeah. through. So, but that, when it comes down to it, you, every, all musicians, you, you do it because you love to do it. Exactly. Right. I like to perform. I love to perform. I love writing on a full recording studio and production company here in Canada. And so I, I am always in the recording studio doing something. Um, I just teamed up with an awesome team, uh, Jay Allen and Bernie Stevenson, and we're writing some really amazing uh, top 40 stuff right now, which is pretty awesome. Um, I just did a demo for them for a song called Be Brave, and it's it's insane. I'd love to hear Kelly Clarkson sing it because oh, so it's that, kind of on that line of yeah. of music. So yeah, so you're going down the road of uh, the old Tim Pan Alley kind of. Oh yeah, I want to yeah. be able to songwrite. I want to be able to be an artist, and I want to be able to get my songs into movies and placements. And that's my goal: is to pretty much do a little bit of everything. Like, I've already written with um, a few billboard writers in L.A. Um, I've worked with Michael J., and he is responsible for the amazing song Toy Soldier by Martika from the 80s. And uh, October 2017, um, I was grateful enough to be able to meet him at this um, networking conference that I went to in L.A. And I happened to be singing his song, Toy Soldier, at the 80s party about two months after that after that uh, networking conference. And so it gave me an excuse to go up and talk to Michael J. So I went up and I'm like, I'm actually going to be singing your song and super excited about that. And he's like, well, here's my card. Send me a video of it when you're, when you're done. And I'd love to take a look. And I was like, so excited that he even talked to me. And then I, um, I sat down and I immediately emailed him. Don't break me. And two other songs. I'm like, I'd love to hear your take on these. And, um, and I'm like, I'm the girl shimmer that just, you know, (laughs) just, uh, that's going to be performing your song just so he remembered who I was. Right. Yeah. And then after, after I got home, I waited like four hours. He like, he emailed me back right away. And, uh, he's like, I haven't heard anybody write a song. Like don't break me in a really long time. I'd like to work with you. When are you going to be back in LA again? And I'm and I was already back in Canada at that time. I'm like, I could fly back out. I could be there in like a week. He's like, sounds good. How about this date? And then I went up there and we wrote a song called Breakaway. And it's a phenomenal song. And he's got possible placements in a bigger blockbuster for next year. 
So if all goes well, you might be hearing from me sooner than later if it gets picked for the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's, that's the dream of every artist. You know, I'm an electronic artist. So, you know, we do a lot of soundscapes. Yeah. We do a lot of, like, stuff that's, like, background. Yeah. Um, you know, film scoring, stuff like that. So it's like cause so much of that that needs to get done. Indie filmmakers are always looking for musicians to to like do, yes. do back so that's where I am that's what I do but um, I do experimental music but that's really cool to, that, that's the goal of every artist you know however whatever type of format you want to be able to get your your song commercially out there whether it's in the top 10 or in a movie or a TV show yeah or, exactly you know, video, that's pretty much what video I'm games. is trying to get <laughs> is trying to get it you know into into movies placements and stuff like that pretty much just get my name everywhere and anywhere I can, right? So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely the video <laughs> is a big thing. You know, to be able to get your music into video games or get it to be a theme exactly. within yeah. you know, that genre. That's what, what we all are kind of striving for with our modes and exactly. Jupiter 8s and stuff. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just really cool that you've already I've one of the questions is like collaboration and you've done a lot of Yeah, that's I if any if I could give any advice to any artist, it would be collaborate with as many and anyone that you can in the industry because the more you're out there, the more you get heard of, the more people start talking and then basically the more networking you do, the more songwriting you'll get to do. I started doing that October 2017 and I got to be like I said Michael J I've got to do uh, song workshops uh, with Jed Friedman he's the guy that wrote uh, Run to You with Alan Rich uh, for Whitney Houston so I'm friends with Jed um, I uh, got to meet Michael J Michael J introduced me to Diane Warren which was awesome it's like everybody's oh, yeah. dream is to meet Diane she's the funniest person on the face of the planet she doesn't write with anybody though so other than who she chooses <laughs> but one day i'll You're, be able to yeah. write with her when i'm when i'm at her level which i'm quite far from that level but i i'm going to get there at one point <laughs> my, my biggest accomplishment so far is like uh, brian Eno with a and r scout for mojo heads records yeah. and actually selected one of my songs to be on their edm that's label. awesome and then I got a remix by one of their DJs that's, you know, cool. associated with Brian, you know, his label. So that's, if you're like a progressive electronic synthesis, like Brian Eno is like, like God to us. <laughs> that's awesome. I actually, because, uh, like, I have my know. song uh, Breaking that I wrote. It's kind of like a Alan Walker type song, but um, mm. I'm getting it remixed by the Audio Freaks in the UK. They're remixing it right now, and they're going to be doing a full promo for that one song. So I'm excited that's, about that, too. And it'll awesome. be, like, a couple different EDM-type mixes, right? So Yeah, it's good to be in everything because, you know, your song can be played in the EDM circle, electronica, yeah. the DJ circuit all over the world. You know, you could be playing Soul and Tokyo exactly. and Berlin. They, they, they work with lots of... Um, of the k-pop and stuff in japan and stuff too right so yeah like i said i do a little bit of everything i even have a country album <laughs> i have a little bit of everything i have well, a country album well it's cool guy <laughs> yeah I, I like i look at you have that kelly clarkson kind of vibe and you got the tori amos vibe and then you got evanescence yep and then you know there's a lot you're doing a lot and you got like a wide range exactly but i think that's the key if you go back 
you know, Bowie, Bowie had this wide range of doing like all the stuff he would do, you know, from the theatrics of what he would yeah, do. Yeah, pretty much. Um, just, I'm just would... putting myself out there in every genre with every type of person and as an artist, as a songwriter, you know, that's pretty much my goal is to do it all. And it's cool that you have your studio because then you have like unlimited ability to exactly. record, right? So you can make all these different that I think that's a key. I mean, I've, I've built a home studio over 20 years yep. to, to be able to just have all my modes and stuff and just do what it do it whenever I want. Exactly. Um, I think that that's I think that's the core. And like some people say, oh, well, you got to just not write as much. I think you have to write a lot and then kind of wean through it. I, I, yes. You know, so, some people don't. You know, they'll write like 10 songs. In exactly. Right. If you get some people like they're really crazy. I mean, I probably write five songs a week. <laughs> exactly i i did three songs yesterday <laughs> just yesterday so yeah so i, I i'm totally that feeling your vibe because you're, you're you're a hard-working creative person and and when you do that you just you have you don't really put a lot of boundaries on yourself you're you're, you're going to multiple genres you're trying to get out there it's really cool i think you're a really good inspiration to a lot of indie artists because i've been interviewing artists for the last yeah. two years from like punk to rock to pop you know djs and uh you know you've got a really good work ethic it's yeah you awesome. just have to keep at it if you want to do it you just do it if you're going to be slacking and oh maybe i'll do it later then you're never going to make it right you just have to do it oh yeah I mean, yeah just before i came on i was working on some tracks on my moat <laughs> <laughs> so, so i mean it's like you know i get inspired by you know analog machines like modes because they can you know, you don't have to get samples. These analog synths can just give you stuff every exactly. day. Exactly. Just tweaking them. And that's like, that's the inspiration to a lot of guys. It's like, you don't have to grab samples. We can make our own samples. Exactly. <laughs> but so, so you're, you know, you're writing your own content. That's, that's really into That's, I think that's. Yeah. Really and, cool. and now, because I've done all of those writings with uh, the billboard writers and such. In LA, I'm actually starting to get people wanting to work with me and like actually messaging me and saying, "Do you want to collab on a song together?" And I'm that's starting awesome. to get that, lots that's... of that, which is awesome. Are you? Do you ever think of being a producer? I do. I produce just... too in my recording studio. Oh, yeah, I produce. do mainly vocal production, but um, but yeah, I do do production stuff. So would you actually think of producing an entire record for another yeah, band? Yeah, we do that all the time. Oh, you do it all the time? Yeah. We, uh, so that's awesome. Like we're doing uh, Ultra Asylum right now. And um, it's a female-fronted rock band. And then um, the lead wow. singer is Cindy Steiger. And then we're also doing uh, Carrie Bailey. She's doing more like soundtrack type stuff for movies awesome. and such. So... We're doing hers, and then uh, we're also uh, working. We've worked with Relic before. He's a rapper here in Canada. Works with a lot of the uh, um, um, it's hard to explain. Uh, he does a little bit of like rap, pop. He's a mixture, oh, even pop. a little bit country. He mixes it all together. It's a really neat sound. So he, so he does a lot of like. Uh... Uh, guest starring on, on things. Yeah, he does. Well, he, he goes by or Relic. Feature. He's got or... quite a 
he's yeah, he's been he's... on satellite radio and all that too so he's been doing pretty good um he works with the indigenous people um the native people here in canada a lot so oh, he's always he's always performing he's awesome um we've worked with bands like holler and many other ones uh cory johnson my my husband uh he actually did the album for disciples of power years and years and years ago the big heavy metal rock band and yeah so we've had quite a few yeah it sounds like you've got a really interesting career you got a lot of opportunities you know i hope that your your song gets placed in that movie and then you're gonna you're gonna i'll be seeing you that's my plan <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, well, you always got to have a long-term plan. You got the short-term plan, you got your long-term plan, you know, day-to-day. Yes. Uh, I think that's where everybody's got to kind of map out what they're doing. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. So, it's been great to talk to you. Like, when your album drops, your new project, or your, your several albums you're going to have this year, you can always come back and we can we can actually go go through and maybe... We've done this with other artists to have albums uh, actually... Go, Kendra Black out of New York. We actually went song by song on her album, The Fire. That's cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we we if you have if you when you have it ready and you want to do some promotion, you can always yeah come back we could do that for sure. I'd be up for that. Yeah, it's awesome. All right. Yeah, let us know when you're ready to do that, and we'll schedule it. All right, I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah, this is going to get published tonight, like on eleven platforms. Okay. Podcast platforms, including Spotify, iTunes. Yep. Radio Public, all those. Awesome. So we'll send the links to you as they become available. Sounds good. You can you can push them out to your your audience. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, everybody uh, that's listening, you can just check me out online. If you Google Shimmer Johnson, all of my music comes up on my YouTube and on Spotify. I'm on Apple. I'm pretty much on anything and everything. We're, yeah, we're gonna include your links on our podcast. That's awesome. So. So on the Spotify version, for some reason, they're not clickable. Yeah. But on a- Apple and Stitcher and Radio Public, they are. Okay. So cool. we'll put your SoundCloud link and your also your link from your um from your your Instagram. Okay, perfect. That will be awesome. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Have, have a great night. You too. Goodbye. Okay, <laughs>